Hey everybody, how's it going? So, this is going to be an interesting little episode. So, I'm, I'm a big Graham Stephan fan. I do have to admit, even though I won't always, I won't always agree with Graham Stephan 100%, I don't agree with anybody 100%. That's just how I am. I got my own philosophies and uh, yeah. But Graham is an interesting fellow. I do like Graham Stephan's point of view. And he talks about an interesting subject. It's called, well, the title... The title of the video is called Why the, Why the Middle Class is Financially Ruined Again. Now, this is something to pay attention to, and I'm going to give some commentary at the end of it, or kind of during a lot of it. Uh, and I'll talk about a lot of what he's talking about, too. I'll try to make sure I interject the right pauses during the video. But, um, but let's take a look, because I, I will admit, there's one thing I do like about Graham Stephan, is I do believe he's an honest, an honest dude, and... I love watching his videos. I think he gives, I think he educates a lot of millennials. Um, well, sorry, I can't think tonight. He educates a lot of millennials in subjects they need to know. And he's talking about things like, you know, well, he talks about a lot about finance. Man, I can't think tonight. <laughs> That's probably why I'm doing a reaction video. So I'm doing a reaction video so I can kind of gauge give you guys my opinion, my reaction to it, because I do think his videos are neat, but I am curious why he thinks the middle class is financially ruined, because that's something I've been, that's something I've been saying for a while, right? The middle class is really fucked. Um, that's why I say the poor and the middle class are basically the same, you know? Um, but let's take, let's take a, just a closer glance at this. So... <laughs> What I'm doing, though, is I'm just pulling up. Uh, here we go. All right. And it's guys here. So even though this channel focuses around investing, building wealth, and personal finance, every now and then I come across an article that we have to talk about because it's becoming more and more apparent that the middle class is getting screwed at every possible turn, and this latest finding is no exception. The Federal Reserve just reported that the wealthiest 10% of Americans now own 89% of all U.S. stocks, and if that's not Damn. telling enough, it gets worse. 76% of millennials are found to be financially illiterate. 40% of student borrowers are not making their payments, 32% of Americans have saved nothing for retirement in 2020, and just over 70% of Americans say that their plan for retirement is just to keep working. But what's even more surprising is that almost all of these are a result of a few basic... I gotta talk about this. Wow. This is what pisses me off, man. This is why I keep saying millennials are financially illiterate. I've been saying that for a while, too. Millennials don't know shit about assets. Because um, they choose not to. They, they, the, the, the problem with my generation is they've let schooling get in the way of their education. And what do I mean by this? I believe that when you go to school, you're only there to turn into a worker bee, right? You're not there to learn about money or anything that matters. I mean, you, you do learn some good things. Don't get me wrong. You learn incredible job skills. You learn how to be professional, but you don't learn about anything when it comes to like asset management, wealth management of any kind. And... I guess what's really annoying about this is, um, is yeah, I, I've known this for a while. Um, my generation has chosen to be ignorant. They've chosen to be ignorant. All they do is hate people with money, hate the rich, and they think that's okay and rely on the government. And they think that's okay. It's fucking not okay. And it, it enrages me. It enrages me because this is why, I, this is why I'm so different from my generation. And I, I say it out of pure spite and annoyance. Like, how can... You know, how can a person like me, right, get their act together and defy 
their parents and defy their generation and get their shit together. It's because I, I focus on what matters. And everybody else is focusing on what doesn't. Anyway, sorry, I'm going on a rant. I'm trying not to do these, but these videos enrage me, man. <laughs> these videos just they get me, they get my blood pressure higher. I'm not trying to blame the video. I'm just very frustrated. Anyway, moving on. Mistakes that are easily avoidable. And with just 15 minutes of work, you too could claim your fair share of stock market wealth without having to post your losses on Wall Street bets or make an OnlyFans account like me. Subscribe. So let's address exactly what's going on, why the middle class is headed towards financial ruin, the biggest mistakes that are easily avoidable, and then what you could do today to make sure you're not caught in the crossfire for when everything goes to poop. Although before we begin, I just want to say a huge thank you to everybody who hits the like button and comments down below. It truly makes a huge difference for my channel and the more people that help out the YouTube algorithm, the more it's going to push it out to a brand new audience who can also help the YouTube algorithm. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much and also a big thank you to Wealthfront for sponsoring this video, but more on that later. Alright, so it became apparent that once I started researching this topic further, there were a few points that immediately stood out. And number one, right off the bat, is that 45% of Americans are not invested in the stock market at all. To find out why, look no further than the average American American budget because according to the Consumer Expenditure Survey, even though the typical income is $63,000 a year, almost nothing was left over after paying for the essentials like housing, utilities, food, taxes, and insurance. Meaning many people are not investing in the stock market because they have nothing left over to invest. Now even though that's a problem in and of itself, the main issue as it pertains here is that when you don't have any extra money to invest, you miss out Okay, here's the problem. The reason nobody has any extra money is because they're too busy maxing out their budget of what they can afford. Example is my parents. I use my parents as an example of this all the time. They constantly buy, because they always have this, and I don't know what it is, but have you ever met somebody who has this um, insatiable need to tell you that the money they have in their wallet is burning a hole in their wallet, right? Like, people can't hold on to money for shit, and I don't get that. Like, people have money, and they blow it. I've met people who blow their money at casinos, who blow their money on stupid fucking cars, you know, like stupid fucking expensive cars. Like it is, I don't get it. But anyway, the thing is, I think what Graham, the only thing that pisses me off about Graham is he doesn't blame the millennial the way that I blame the millennial. I love you, Graham, but man, you're not blaming millennials. Millennials, you're at fault. You suck with money. You, somebody needs to tell millennials this and it's unpopular. I'll, get, I'll lose every subscriber. Probably. I don't give a shit. Millennials suck with money. The moment you, like, I got it through my head when I was a stupid millennial. And I still am. I'm a smarter millennial. <laughs> I don't like to use the label too much. I don't even see myself as a millennial. I see myself as a human. But my generation is really dumb with money. And somebody has to be the voice of reason to say, you suck with money. Get your act together. Stop buying $5 Dutch Bros coffees. Stop buying dumb things you don't need. Seriously, there are a lot of things people buy they really don't need. They go to restaurants that are overly expensive like every fucking week. They go to, they, you know, it's like they want to live like this five-star lifestyle. It's because I think, I think the problem is they see it in all these movies, right? Millennials see all these five-star lifestyle lives in all these fucking movies. And they, and they think that they have to live that. It's sad. <laughs> Nobody can live like they're poor in my generation because they're afraid of what it would mean. 
They're afraid of having bad status. See, my, my generation is so image-centric, they wouldn't be caught with their, own, with their own homemade coffee or their own homemade meals. They'd rather go to restaurants and put on the fake Instagram status symbol and then take pictures of the food they get from that restaurant. What I'm trying to get at is this is kind of a uh, this is kind of a statement I'm trying to make right now. Blame yourself. Just learn how to blame yourself is honestly it. Take responsibility. Learn how to say it's my fault. You know, learn how to say it is your fault. That's all you got to do. And that's what I did. And I was like, look, I'm in a shitty position in life because I'm not doing the right things. So I studied what to do to do the right things on my own without school, by the way, without a college education. I just went to the library, got ebooks as well, read up, watched videos, and I got smarter. It's as simple as that. But you have to have the drive and determination to say, my life sucks before your life can get better. You have to say that your life sucks before it can get better. You have to be like, look, my life sucks. What am I going to do about it? Those are the only things that should fucking come out of your mouth if you're living paycheck to paycheck. That is no excuse in today's age to live paycheck to paycheck. You're buying expensive houses. You're buying expensive apartments. Everything you buy is expensive. Everything. And then you still complain that you're living paycheck to paycheck. Fuck off. Fuck the fuck off. If I could do it, trust me. I know people who make way more money than I do, way more. And they're still fucking living paycheck to paycheck. And I'm like screaming internally, screaming outward too, like, you fucking moron. Anyway, let's continue, Graham. On the profit you would have made had you put that money to work instead. In this case, that's why the top 1% has seen such tremendous growth over the last 20 years because they've been able to invest in the markets and subsequently grow their wealth without working any harder. It also appears that a person's income has a significant impact on this statistic as well, with 89% of adults earning above $100,000 having invested in the stock market compared to just 24% of those earning under $40,000 a year. So, given that, it's pretty straightforward that those with discretionary income to spend have the extra resources to invest in the stock market and therefore they get the majority of the benefit when the stock market goes up but that really has to stop today kind of even though stagnant wages exorbitant housing costs and high inflation absolutely can dictate how much money you have left over to save and invest at the end of the day throughout almost all budgets there's a level of wasteful spending that often goes unnoticed for example yes. one study found that the average american before he goes any further wasteful fucking i was just talking about this i was talking about buying stuff you don't need buying really stupid things. Thank you. It's not it's not the rich people's fault you suck with money. It's your fucking fault. Anyway, let's keep going, Graham. Oh. Waste about $1,500 a month on non-essential purchases, and another found that millennials spend more money on coffee than they do on their own oh. retirement. But that's certainly oh. not to say that you would have been a stock American waste about $1,500 hold on. $1, a month on, on non-essential purchases, and another found that millennials spend more money Boom. Boom, more money. See, if you spend the same amount you spend on fucking Starbucks fucking coffee or Dutch Brothers fucking coffee, no joke, you would have, you could, and, and instead of buying that stupid coffee and making it, maybe getting some Folgers and making it at home for fucking once in your life and invested it into stocks that actually paid you money, dividends every three months, maybe you'd actually have a better fucking life. I'm sorry, I just, Talking about this does enrage me because I've seen so many people in my life who have 
who somehow live paycheck to paycheck when, when they don't have to barely pay any rent, when they don't have to barely pay shit. And somehow they manage to, but they're buying all these stupid things. They're buying overly expensive video games, buying overly expensive coffee, buying overly expensive things that don't do anything for them, but, but, but are just a time killer. Anyway, I'm sorry. Money on coffee on. than they do on their own retirement. But that's certainly not I gotta to say keep it together. that you would have been a stock market millionaire had you just cut back on Starbucks coffee and Apple AirPods. But that is to say that statistically, there's most likely money left over that could be used for investing if you tracked where it goes, which 65% of Americans have absolutely no clue what they spend. In this case, the first step to balancing the investing scale is to simply invest in the stock market. Point blank, you have to get yourself in the game, even if it's just $10 a week. Otherwise, you're not going to see the benefit of an ever increasing market. The easiest way to do this might be by starting a budget, tracking your expenses, cutting back on non-essential spending, and then investing the difference instead. Or getting your free stock down below in the description that's now worth all the way up to $1,000 when you sign up for public using the code GRAM. But besides this holding back so many people, there's another very overlooked aspect to investing that so many people are not using to their advantage, and that would be retirement accounts. These are tax-advantaged accounts that you could set up sometimes in a matter of minutes that give you a wide range of benefits for when you want to retire tire, lay on a beach all day, and watch YouTube videos while you smash the like button for the YouTube algorithm. For example, a 401k allows you an upfront tax deduction for everything you contribute, thereby lowering the taxes you pay. A Roth IRA allows you to pay taxes today and then keep 100% of the profits in the future without owing the IRS a single cent. Or an HSA allows you to deduct from medical-related expenses, and all of these accounts are set up to keep more money in your pocket long-term. But according to a study in 2020, 60% of workers do not contribute to their workplace retirement plan. And of those who do contribute, the average is just 7% of their paycheck, meaning there's a lot of money being left on the table that otherwise could be used towards building wealth. To make matters worse, this is not a new trajectory either. Over the last 30 years, retirement contributions have been slowly declining across almost every bracket. This is such a problem that several states have even begun taking matters into their own hands and have made it mandatory to auto-enroll their employees for a retirement contribution so that way they don't get left behind. See, in most jurisdictions, a retirement account is something that you must opt into. It's not like you're going to get a job, walk into HR, and then they're going to tell you about all the benefits of early retirement, building wealth, and making passive income. Oh no. Instead, a retirement account is something that you must voluntarily set up. And if you don't know it exists, well, then that's your loss. But new laws are looking to change that by reversing the way it works entirely and, as they say, make it as easy as possible to implement. In this case, retirement accounts will be automatically set up for you whether or not you know about it. And then if you decide not to contribute, you could back out at any time. But for everybody else, they don't need to do a single thing to get the benefits. That's why if you want to build your wealth, contribute. This is a quick thing. I still don't think 401ks are a good idea. Just invest on your own. I mean, unless the only time I'd say a 401k is, is a good idea is if your company decides to match whatever amount that you put down into the 401k. So let's say like, let's say, you, you know, they match it, for instance. So like, let's say you put down 500 bucks a month or something, right? And your company says, hey, we'll match it up to $500. Hey, that's cool. Uh, you know, but like, let's say like they only match it up to a certain point. Like I said, match it up to $500. Well, if you invest a thousand into a 401k and your company says it'll only go up to maybe 500 as the max, but you'll still be able to put the thousand dollars down. There is a there is a benefit to that actually. So keep that keep this in mind. It is okay if your company is willing to match the payments. That's the only time a four hundred one k is cool. If the if the company doesn't match what you're putting down, not cool. Not cool at all, man.
because there's so many fucking fees in a 401k, it's, it's unbelievable. 401ks are one of the hugest ripoffs of all time. The only time you should do it is if the company actually does match what you put down. Only time you should do it. Anyway, continuing on, you just invest in your own. Go get a brokerage account. Seriously, get TD Ameritrade, Charles Schwab, fucking Robinhood, Webull, Public. I don't care what you get. Just make sure it's a good, reputable brokerage. And just go from there anyway. Let's continue. Contributing to a retirement account could be one of the best ways to put your money to work while getting the tax benefits at the exact same time. Just check with your employer if this is something they offer. And if not, go and set up a Roth IRA yourself online. It takes you just about 10 minutes. And from there, you could begin to claw back some of that sweet, sweet stock market profit. But unfortunately, it does not end there. Because when I was researching the statistics behind this video, I came across something else rather unexpected when it comes to investing. But before we go into that, I want to say a huge thank you to the sponsor of today's video, Wealthfront. For those not aware, Wealthfront is an automated investing platform that utilizes software to find the optimal portfolio to grow your money long-term. After all, there's decades of data out there showing you that investing in a globally diversified portfolio of index funds is one of the best ways to put your savings to work. And Wealthfront does exactly that. They start by asking you questions about your goals, risk tolerance, and investment preferences, and then they take care of the rest all with just a few minutes of work. They also automatically use a strategy called tax loss harvesting, which could lower the taxes you pay without any additional work on your end. And 96% of their clients using the recommended portfolio have had to build a portfolio set management. Let's get back to the video. This is likely to say that they were not right, investing Graham. out Thank of the fear that they would shit. lose money. Now I have to say across all of my research, this seems to be a very common theme. After all, stock market ownership was steadily increasing to a high of 63% in 2005. But right as the stock market plunged during the great financial crisis, the percentage of Americans who owned stocks declined right alongside with it. But even though nothing is guaranteed in the stock market and losing money is almost always going to happen at some point, the good news is that there are ways to ensure that you never lose more money than you could financially recover from. From. First, take a look at how much you could potentially lose. In this case, throughout the last 100 years, there have only ever been four drops that exceeded a 40% decline. One in 1929, 1978, 2001, and 2009. That's it. Each of those drops lasted an average of 24 months, and all of them recovered had you just held and done nothing. Historically, that has been your worst case scenario, and the chances of losing all of your money are pretty much non-existent as long as you stay away from options, individual stocks, and wild speculation. The second, for the best chance chance at seeing a consistent return, diversify. Instead of investing in a few specific companies and then crossing your fingers hoping they do well, invest in the entire stock market through a broad index fund. For example, historically, since 1950, the S&P 500 has returned Seriously, about 7.6% a year, adjusted for inflation with dividends reinvested. And even though you could certainly risk the chance of losing money in the short term as the stock market fluctuates up and down, over a period of 20 years, the S&P 500 has never once produced a negative result, meaning there's a very strong likelihood that you're not going to lose any money as long as you just hold and don't panic. Buy and hold, third, baby. What most no panic overlook selling, is that I agree with you. you might lose Thank money you, short term by investing in the stock market, you are guaranteed to lose money long term by staying out of the markets thanks to inflation, thanks to Jerome Powell. Boom, I think it's inflation. no surprise at this point that the purchasing power of your money Keep is losing value <laughs> every single day. All of a sudden, money doesn't go as far as it used to. Rent is going up. Stocks are getting more expensive. And this Nicolas Cage pillowcase now costs $16. So the choice now becomes invest your money 
money in the stock market, which has always been profitable over 20 years, or hold on to your cash and not invest, which has always been unprofitable over 20 years. From this perspective, even though some people choose not to invest out of a fear of losing money, the real loss comes from not investing anything at all. And in terms of building wealth and chipping away at this statistic, it's always better to invest something than nothing. And fourth, it would be impossible to talk about this without addressing a situation that holds so many people back, and that would be debt. The Federal Reserve of New York recently surveyed and broke down the average American debt by category, and among that was a $5,000 auto loan, a $2,800 credit card balance, a $5,700 student loan amount, and an additional $1,500 worth of miscellaneous expenses that had yet to be paid off. That means, on average, across the board, Americans hold about $10,000 worth of debt. And get this, the average credit card interest rate was 16.43%, the average auto loan was 8.6%, and the average student loan is 5.8%, costing the average person about $1,200 a year in interest alone. Business Insider even cited that this is one of the main reasons why millennials were staying out of the stock market. And it's one of the few reasons here where I actually kind of I'm agree one of the very few millennials I know that's not riddled with avoided debt. And will like absolutely hold you back from investing as much money as you can. In this case, if you're ever paying Jewish a higher interest it was cool rate to be than you Jewish, reasonably baby. expect to make in the stock market instead, then it's always a better idea to pay off the debt first before you invest. <clears throat> that's because when you look at the optimal return of your money, paying down a 16% credit card balance would make you twice as much money as investing 8% in the market. So in this case, my personal philosophy is to take the approach of cutting back as much as you can in every area possible, and then use that to start paying down the highest interest rate first above 5%. And for the average person, that's going to leave you with an extra $100 a month left over to invest. And finally, fifth, the reality is all of this wealth is what's known as an unrealized capital gain, meaning their investments have simply gone up in value alongside the entire market. But it's important to realize that those amounts fluctuate on a daily basis, and even though they might go up, they could also just as easily go down. For example, during the last sell-off, $1.3 trillion was lost in the tech market within a month. 500,000 millionaires were lost almost overnight. And even though they certainly don't need any petty, unrealized wealth is largely at the whims of the economy. On top of that, since these investments tend to compound over time, the longer you keep your money invested for, the larger it's likely to grow. That's why it's also no surprise that Agreed. the people who hold the vast majority of wealth in the stock market are also over the age of 65. In fact, if you're under the age of 35, then statistically, you only hold 1.4% of the stock market. That's it. However, as you get older, make more money, invest more money, and then reinvest more money, that amount will continue to grow. And that's why as long as you invest your money consistently, eventually you'll be able to grow your wealth in the stock market just as effectively as anybody else. So overall, given this information, I have to say, it's no surprise that so many people are outraged to hear about how much wealth is held in the stock market by such a small group of people. But once you start breaking it down further, you begin to realize that it's not so much about the rich versus the poor, but instead the fact that financial literacy is not taught in schools, most people have hey, absolutely like no idea said. what they're doing. And when there's no trusted source to turn to, most people avoid the stock market and in the All process miss bucks, out man, on building their wealth. It's a terrible Simple. downward spiral where the less money Educate you have, the less money you invest, and therefore the less money you have. But that doesn't mean there's not a solution, no matter how small it might seem in the short term. In this case, understand that you'll have to find a way just to start looking to retirement accounts in your workplace. Track your expenses, pay down your debt, and realize the repercussions of what happens when you don't invest your money long term. And if you could just get that far, I guarantee it's going to put you leagues ahead of the majority of the U.S. population, no matter how much money you make. So with that said, you guys, thank you so much for watching. I really appreciate it. As always, make sure to destroy the like button, subscribe button, notification bell. Also, feel free to add me on Instagram. My posts are pretty much daily.
Daily. Insta so if you channel. want to be a part of it there, feel free to add me there as my second channel, The Graham Steffen Show. I post there every single day. I'm not posting here. So if you want to see a brand new video from me every single day, make sure to add yourself to that. And lastly, don't forget to get your free stock down below in the description. That's worth all the way up to $1,000. And then if you want a daily newsletter, we also... All right, so we're going to cut this short. So my opinion of the video is he actually brought up a lot of the stuff I was bringing up. Millennials spend too much money on coffee. Uh, millennials don't educate themselves enough. Obviously, uh, money's not taught in schools. Money's not taught in public schools. Even in college, they barely teach you about money um, and invaluable assets and how to manage your assets. And yeah, so you have to kind of learn that shit by yourself. You have to learn from real teachers. Now, public school and college teachers, I don't consider them real teachers. I consider them fake teachers. I learned from nothing but rich people. I learned from Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger. I learned from T. Harvecker, Tony Robbins. I've learned from people who've done it all. Peter Thiel, Thiel, I always say his name funny. Ray Dalio, um, E. Boone Pickens even, man. I mean, I've learned from them all. I, I've gotten a lot of uh, insight education from the best, the best of the best. Um, and that's the whole point. You know, that's the difference between me and everybody else is I, I have a willingness to learn, a, a straight up willingness to learn, so. Um, and I want everybody else to have the willingness to learn too. You have to be hungry enough to, to say, I don't want to be like my parents. I don't want to be debt ridden. You have to just lay your fucking foot down and just say, look, I want a better life for myself. I'm tired of the mundane. I'm tired of the shit. You have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the fucking problem and I need a better life. I'm going to design it right now. That's what I did. That's why I make this show. That's why I invest. That's why I, as I, enjoy, I, I want it. If I'm going to make money, I'm going to make money doing what I enjoy. And how, and I, luckily I happen to enjoy investing. I'm lucky. Maybe not everybody does. And I feel bad for them if they don't. But honestly, what are you going to do? Are you going to try to find ways to win? Or are you just going to find more ways to lose? Because if you're, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're in debt up to your eyeballs, Clearly, you're doing something wrong. That's tough to hear. I heard it when I was like 25 years old. I did not take that news well. I was disappointed. But I don't... My viewers, though, I don't care if you unsubscribe from me. Don't give a shit. You could, I hope this is the last video you watch, maybe. But what I'm trying to help you guys realize is that you have to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm the problem. I've got to get my life together. I've got to get my financial life together. I got to start watching more videos, reading more books. I got to start educating myself instead of watching two hours of fucking Netflix, you know, maybe watch two hours of YouTube videos that are educational and things that you need to learn, getting your bill, getting your finances right, understanding that you need to pay your shit off, you know, understanding that you got to invest like crazy and saving money is stupid. My show actually... I deserve, uh, this is going to sound a little bit um, pompous and arrogant, it always is, I'm always pompous and arrogant, but I deserve an honorary fucking degree from Harvard University. Because <laughs> I don't act, I'm too lazy to fucking go to college, I'm too smart for it. <laughs> I was smart enough to know that I didn't want to be riddled in debt, it was just bad. I, I, I'm so glad I never went to university, so glad I never went to... um. Yeah, I did go to a semester of community college, and I was like, fuck this. The only time I'll ever go back to college, though, is to learn it. Like, for instance, uh, one, of my, one of the colleges in my area, community college teaches um, uh, welding. Totally down for welding, by the way. Absolutely down to learn that skill. In fact, I'm, I'm highly considering it 
very soon to start doing. Um, it's a little bit of a hazardous job, but it's worth it. It's worth it. One of my buddies, uh, Joe, um, he is a welder. I haven't talked to him in a while. I gotta talk to that mofo. Miss that guy. What he's been doing, but um, yeah, he's a welder, and uh, he does a hell of a job. And uh, he's actually one of the people who inspired me too, because I was always kind of, you know, fascinated by welding, and it looked like something that I'd be interested in. Steady hands, you know, <laughs> um, working with tools all day. It's fun. I'm not much of a people person. I'm more. I, I love working with things more than I love working with people. So, <laughs> as much as I, as good as I am working with people, by the way, I love working with things. Oddly enough, more. But um, that's just a guy thing, I guess. You know, most guys are like that. And um, anyway, uh, thank you guys for taking the time. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for my rant because that I felt like I needed to rant about my own generation just a bit because I'm trying to help my generation. I think. I think if my generation hears the negative side of themselves and looks at themselves in the mirror a little bit, I think they can start realizing the positive things. And like I said, here's the positive things you can do with that message. You could start educating yourself, watching more YouTube videos that educate you on things that matter like finances, um, investing, uh, learning new skills, skills that matter, the valuable job skills. But you want to make sure at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your money's working for you and not you working for your money. That's the truth. And if you have assets, your money will be a slave to you, not the other way around. Anyway, good night, good luck, stay safe, stay sexy, and have an incredible rest of the day, you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Bye.